boy, look at that beautiful, absolutely marvelous word. Abkadepki Jekyllmanopkorstuwitz is. It's the most remarkable word I've ever seen. Abkadepki Jekyllmanopkorstuwitz is. I wish I knew exactly what I mean. It starts out like an A word, as anyone can see. But somewhere in the middle, it gets awful queer to me. Abkadepki Jekyllmanopkorstuwitz is. If I ever find out just what this word can mean. I'll be the smartest bird the world has ever seen. What can that strange-looking word? Does it doesn't smell like toys and love burning. It does. <laughs> it, it smells like sadness to me. It, was, it smells like Paul's history. I haven't even had a sip away. of it yet. I'm just smelling the fire. Hey, folks! Welcome to Cast Number Sixty Two. I am Master Torgo, Doctor Large, the famous Paul, and Eighties Jeff, and we're here to talk weekend geek. And I'm uh, back. No food poisoning. Yeah, I know it. It's uh. Homemade free. Did you ever figure out what it is that put you down? I think I had a half-cooked burger. Ah. From? I won't say. Oh, I won't say, because you know what? It may not have been that place, and I like that place normally. Oh. Let's see. What place is this? Your mom's house. <laughs> no, what What was it, really? Come Your on. Your mom's place. Where'd you, you know, eat that you got sick? Secret time, Garden. The, the food poisoning <laughs> that I got right before Comic-Con was at a burger place, too. Eh. One that I probably won't go back to, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Well, what was it? The then? place that you and I got uh, it? No, Cheeseburger, oh, okay. Cheeseburger Las Vegas in uh, the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood. Okay, first off, uh, you're paying yes. way too much for a burger in that yeah. place. No, don't. No, I mean, don't it wasn't. Do that. It really wasn't. Is it, that one of those places that serves those Kobe burgers with foie gras and fucking diamonds? Well, this one had. <laughs> the, the burger that I had was a Kobe burger, but it wasn't, like, expensive. It wasn't. Because I had a, bur- a Kobe burger. At a burger bar at Mandalay Bay, yes. which was like that. twice as much as what I Kobe, it was the Kobe Bryant this, one, this one was only like ten. Yeah, but the burger bar's with worth the it. fries. And I stuff. think Kobe beef is wasted on a burger. Well, yes, of course it is. I also don't like the triple prime burger at the Ruby Tuesdays. I also think that is a waste. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, regardless, that's it, just know, what I've been thinking. It just it it you know I got food poisoning. Whether it was from the burger specifically or something on the burger, I don't know. Well, but, I uh, I gotta say I've had a, a, a very good time at this one particular burger place that I like. It's not like a chain or anything, mm-hmm. and it's local to Vegas. So I'm gonna give them another shot. All right, sure. That's how much I like their stuff. And That's you know, impressive. sometimes it, it just happens. I mean, something doesn't quite get cooked all the way through. And or... I'm a gamer, man. I know my burgers. Yeah. <laughs> we we do like burgers. Burgers is good. A little too much sometimes. However, pizza. Pizza. That's a whole other thing. Hey, yes. uh, Jeff, what did I have for lunch today? Uh, you had pizza, if I And remember. what did I have for dinner today? Uh, I believe you had pizza. And if I could help it, what would I have had for breakfast today instead of Captain Crunch? Probably pizza. With Captain Crunch on it. Yeah. Thank you. And Where? you were giving me shit for having a pizza with barbecued pork and pickles and uh, fried onions on Th- it. This at is dinner. true. Yes, I was. That is like, what That's he not had. a pizza. Is that not a pizza? Is that from Memphis? No, Metro Pizza had that. It was, it was like that. Memphis on a pizza. It was awesome. It was really I good. I want some Memphis so bad. How late are they open? <laughs> 10 o'clock. You're Damn it. them now. Well, I want it right now. <laughs> I want some. I'll give them a call. <laughs> you have one right over by you. I know. Right to your mouth. <laughs> and, and no, the, yeah, the one there doesn't have a drive-thru, but they have a to-go window. Perfect. Life All is right. Good. So everybody's not in Vegas is just enthralled by all these yes. Vegas restaurants. So let's go on to news you don't give a shit about. All right. All right. But, you know, we're going to start food. We're going to oh. start food. This is uh, I give a shit about you, food. You, you know what? You may give a shit I about shit this. I shit my food. But Ooh. at the same time, I feel I this is the category food. it belongs. All right. This morning, this morning being August 10th. All right. Okay. Pop-Tarts World 
food company Kellogg's opened a snack food flagship Times Square location today. 3,000 square foot monstrosity filled oh, with, quote, God. interactive Pop-Tarts inspired features. Wow. How in the hell do you think I don't care about this? The location in part com- uh, comprises a multi-sensory cafe which serves Pop-Tarts toaster pastries, Pop-Tarts inspired snacks, assorted bakery items, and customizable ice cream creations, and a varietizer machine that lets customers build their own take-home box of Pop-Tarts pastries as well as a t-shirt making station. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Why is this in news we don't give a shit about? I loves me some pop tarts. I haven't heard a thing out of your mouth that I don't love right there. So <laughs> I'm what waiting. The hell? I'm waiting for the sh- other shooter. Like drop I here. said, you might give a shit about this one. I think I think it's absolutely Where horrendous. It? Where is it? Times Square. You said? Is it Times Square? Wow. Quote, quote, the billboards cost as much as the retail space. Faith Hope Consolo, the chairwoman of the retail leasing. What, uh, what was her name? What was her name? Uh, Faith Hope Consolo. All I heard was Consolo. I, yeah. thought, was, I thought I heard Han Solo. Ah, I see. It, quote, it gives them a visibility they can't get anywhere else, the Pop-Tarts brand, if you will. And finally, the store will stock diverse Pop-Tarts merchandise, including clothing, coin purses, keychains, mugs, magnets, pillowcases, posters, recycled tote bags, and chapstick. I want a strawberry Pop-Tart shaped like an Africa medallion. And hey, if none of that sold you... (laughs) Then how about the hourly light show that simulates the look, the look of frosting? Oh, it simulates the look of frosting on you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Are you know. in the light show? It doesn't say. You, That's you all it frosted? tells me. I don't know. Do they know. have strange menu items that use Pop-Tarts for the ingredients? Like a burger, but instead of buns, it's Pop-Tarts. And instead of a burger, it's a Pop-Tart. You know what? You weren't here last week, but Todd made us watch the Everything is Terrible movie. And there was some uh, clip. That they had a lady that made a burger between two ha- two donuts. That's awesome. The donuts were in place donuts, of the bun, yeah. and the look on her face when she bit into it was like she had just been stabbed in the stomach. <laughs> she was like, but, That's because it wasn't a pop tart. But Barry, to answer your question, oh boy, uh, they have a new menu selection: uh, pop tarts sushi. What? Huh? Three flavors of pop tarts minced and then wrapped together in a delicious fruit roll up. Oh, gross! Ew! Yuck! No! That's nasty! I do die disapprove. You know, it might be a good time now to note that Pop-Tarts are perhaps one of the most unhealthiest snack foods to You're exist. No uh, last year, Fujicate uh, brought down the uh, pastry's ingredients and concluded, quote, this product should not exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's How ba- unhealthy it's is it? It's basically like shale... And <laughs> rock salt. <laughs> well, well, well for their explanation, the it's light spare. fortification with various vitamins and minerals cannot compensate for the sugar overdose, lack of fiber, and overwhelming use of additives, preservatives, and artificial food coloring. Yeah. Uh, I think that this place is going to run into a similar problem that could have befallen the original Pac-Man arcade cabinet. Oh, no. For those of you who know, Pac-Man, in its original incarnation in Japan, was known as Puck-Man. Yes. P-U-C-K-Man. And before it got brought over to the States, sharp-thinking business folk decided to change the name because they realized with a simple flick of a pen, 
Any whimsical graffiti artist could quickly turn that game into a not-so-friendly kind of man. You mean Puss Man? Yes, Puss Man. So they wanted to stop Puss Man from happening. It would have been Fuck Man. So they wanted to stop Fuck Man from happening. But with the same alacrity and use of creative markering, you could quickly change any large Pop Tart logos to poop farts. <laughs> or pop farts. Or pop farts. But I think poop farts is going to be the one that really comes out more than anything. Oh Lord. Add a single add another O and just How make... do you add the other O? The O's so close to the other the other two P's. It's hard to get that other O in the there. The O so close to the other two P's. A, I know. A good well, artist. You could just, you could just we'll um, find a way. Yeah. You could just bark out the O and it would be PP farts. Oh PP farts. See? Like PP <laughs> like, hell is can, no. Can you Imagine no. that you imagine, and then right no. under that, under under pee pee farts, it'd be now imagine passing gas through your wiener. That'd be that would sign fuck man. It would go pee pee farts, and then in scrawled spray paint, now imagine passing gas through your. Wiener. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! That's terrible. <laughs> The male queef. It'd be, like, it'd be like a kazoo or something. Dude, that I, wouldn't be like a kazoo. It would be painful as hell. It would be terrible. I, bet, I wonder what that medical condition is called. It has to exist. Someone has to have a, a uh, messed up plumbing that gives them that ability. Do you have messed up plumbing? Write to us. Comments at No one who listens to this couchcast does pee-pee farts. I hope. I hope not. We will not reveal your name on air. <laughs> All right, but we'd love on. to have an MP3. I, I just want to say seven minutes and thirty seconds to the first Wang joke, gentlemen. Uh... <laughs> hey, seven, seven, seven twenty. What? Seven minutes and thirty seconds. Be proud. That's Barry, a Barry Be proud. said it with pee pee farts. <laughs> I was talking just about poop farts. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> poop farts. Disney theme park and retail blog Stitch Kingdom notes that Disneyland California has put out an audition call for male and female contemporary and hip-hop dancers for a show tentatively titled Electronica. Oh, no! Yes! Now, it just so happened, the uh, Disneyland California, this this writing... Uh, well, I'll just say, What's wrong, Barry? Well, yeah, go ahead, Barry. What's wrong? What's right? What's right about that, <laughs> man? Dude, have you ever like, been to Disney? Thank, thank you, Disney, for breaking all my toys. Barry, Again, Barry. I like Tron. Oh. Tron is not a hip hop thing. There's no dancing in Tron. Yes, there is. There's no dancing in Tron. <laughs> it's all dancing. There's no dancing in Tron. That's all wrong. No did. dancing in Tron. Rom just danced the whole time. Uh. Well, Slash Films uh, Peter Scaretta says, uh, "I just happened to visit Disneyland and California Adventure last week." And they currently have a nighttime party in the area with moving bars featuring light-up cups. It is, is it possible they're going to recreate the end-of-line club at a park with cast members in light-up Tron costumes and a parkour fight stunt sequence? The only tidbit, tidbits known about the show is it will be put up at night, of course. It will be outdoors. And also, if you're wanting to audition, martial arts experience is a plus. See, Barry, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like the Electric Parade, except with Tron and with uh, Daft Punk theme songs. It's going to rule. Daft Punk, yes. Tron, yes. Well, what? Parkour and hip-hop? 
That's what that's what the movie that's what the movie's gonna be like. Get ready. The movie's gonna be all parkour, electric boogaloo. You're gonna think Turbo is wearing one of those outfits. It's gonna be learn the salsa with Kenny Ortega, and everyone's gonna wear light up suits like Auto Man. (laughs) Fuck that film. Auto Man. Are you thinking it's gonna be like uh, (laughs) learn through salsa, like what they did with the uh, the pirate show at uh, Treasure Island? That's exactly what I'm thinking. It's now Sirens of Ti. Realize. We used to have the coolest thing, a pirate show. It was a quick little thing where the pirates would attack the English or whatever it was, and there was cannons that would go off, and there'd be a swashbuckling little adventure for like five minutes, and it'd be water. It's a water show, and it was great. Then the, t- the Treasure Island renamed, redid itself as the TI. It's the location for adults now, and they have this sirens show. And in the middle of the show, what do they do? What do they say? Hey. This isn't for kids, horror, and they did do dumb shit. They it's sing dumb. it. They sing and dance. They sing and dance, and that's they, right. they they retarded it up. Electronica, and that's what they're going to do with Electronica. I have faith in that break project. I think that'll toys. be fun. I don't. So that's, I think that's, that'll be cool. That's Just two the premises. Things. That's two things you give a shit hey, about on this I, list so far, there, Paul. Look at Flume Poop farts <laughs> and Electronica. PP farts. Everybody enjoy a PP fart. <laughs> that would be the next thing. An electronic PP fart machine. <laughs> I don't even down. know what that could be. Somebody sits down. The next time somebody gets me with one of those things, whoopee cushion or something like that, instead of acting all embarrassed, I'll be like, I'm sorry. I have a condition where no. my plumbing's messed up oh, and I fart no. through my wiener. Oh, <laughs> and man, the sympathy I'll get. I can't wait for that moment. <laughs> I really can't. All right, let's see if we can go for a third one for you. <laughs> go on, hat trick. All right, news you don't give a shit about. Remember the Balloon Boy hoax last year? Of yes. course I do. Yeah, the man named uh, Richard Heen and his wife pretended... Heaney. Heaney, thank you. Heaney. Heaney. Yeah. Who cares? Heaney no, and his I'm wife. No, it's Heaney. No, it is a Heaney. He is such a Heaney. He Move on, I don't care. And his wife pretended their son had floated away on a balloon, mm-hmm. whipped up a media frenzy, police got involved, and then he got fined, went to prison, and turned out to be a hoax. Well... Richard Heaney is on the straight and narrow now. He is using his newfound freedom to prove that there is life on Mars. Oh, my God. And he does this by going to random coordinates on the planet, on his computer, zoom enhancing, and speculating as to what he's seeing with great quotes as, that looks like a bone to me, and that looks like fur. I don't know what that thing is. It's, it's a white thing. I, I don't know. A, a stick? A needle? And, and some more choice quotes. Is this on video? Yeah, this is, this is on video. Yeah. A needle. You, you can look this up. He sees a needle. Another quote. Right there. That thing. That, that looks like a head. I see an ear. I see an eye. I see a nose. Uh, so then I selected that picture, and I zoom in again, and, and look at this. I added a little bit of color, some greenish. Ear, eye, nose. Another quote. That looks like a bone. I don't care what anybody else says. No rock can look like that. It's his very own Rorschach test. <laughs> no rock wow. can look like that. Another one. That looks like an upside-down catfish. I don't know, know what that is. <laughs> and finally, look at that. That could be a, a pig snout. Uh, maybe that pig snout was connected to that head. Yeah, that's... Uh... So pig people live on Mars. <laughs> He's just watching the old Ugnaughts. <laughs> what you know, the what's hell that? is wrong what's, with what this guy? What are those things called on, uh, yeah. on Trek? Oh, no, no, not on Trek. Not uh, Star Wars? No, the Ugnaughts on, on in Star, Star Wars, Wars but, yeah. they're, but they're the pig people in Trek, what are they called? Oh, the Tellarites? Yeah, Tellarites. Yeah, he's just watching old Tellarite reruns. <laughs> that or he's watching the Twilight Zone. Yep. That one episode. Everybody the big pig nose pieces. 
people. What's wrong with your nose? Or maybe he's insane. There's that. There's probably he that. He's probably crazy. Son in a he's balloon. A That'd be my stupid. thing. My thought. Yeah, he's a jerk. News you don't give a shit about. The final piece. A British woman, formerly named C.J. Epton, has changed her name. To drumroll. C.J.A. Apple B. Boat C. Cat D. Dog E. Elephant F. Flower G. Goat H. House I. Igloo J. Jellyfish K. Kite L. Lion M. Monkey N. Nurse O. Octopus P. Penguin Q. Queen R. Robot S. Sun T. Tree U. Umbrella V. Violin W. Whale X. X. Ray Y. Yo. Yo. Z. Zebra Terrin Fungi Sherimi. What the f? <laughs> what? We're just stunned by that. I'm just stunned you cut all that out in one breath. Because. She thought it would help teach her newborn son the ABCs. That, you buy him a book, <laughs> you dumb bitch! You don't change your name! From the UK's Legal Deed Poll Service, which is responsible for name changes and which charges $10, sorry, 10 pounds for the service, quote, we wish, quote, Miss Alphabet the best of luck and bet her little boy will know her entire alphabet in no time. Well, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Her, her name was C.J. Epton, yes. and she changed her name to C.J. All that alphabet shit. <laughs> Terran Fuji Sharimi. Yeah. What the hell is Terran Fuji Sharimi? And that really comes down to the, the ultimate uh, puzzle in this whole story. What, what does that mean? That's the, the alphabet thing I can understand. That's, you know, garden variety whack job. Do you know that but, song? Do you know the Sesame Street song? Alpha Jackie Jekyll Kawashers do it's Abkajepki Jekyll Manakras do Yes, that's a great song. Abkajepki Jekyll Manakras do It's the most important word I've ever seen. Okay. Abkajepki Jekyll Manakras do I wish I knew exactly what, what I mean. It starts out like an A word, as anyone can see, but somewhere in the middle it gets awfully queer to me. Abkajepki Jekyll Manakras do If I ever find out just what this word will mean, I'll be the smartest bird the world has ever seen. Yes. Yeah, that's Big, Big bird. bird thinks it's the alphabet's a word. Yeah. Big Bird's a little retarded. Well, he also <laughs> thinks it's, the alphabet is queer in the middle. Is she queer in the middle? <laughs> no, apparently she's queen in the middle. <laughs> Whiskey Hotel Foxtrot, everybody. <laughs> and that's all the shit news. So let's Wait, go with Whiskey Tango, actual Whiskey Tango, Tango. Foxtrot. Mm. Whiskey Hotel Foxtrot is a whole nother thing. What Hoogala <laughs> What Hoogala Flord? <laughs> Wembley Hopla Fleeb. So let's go on a Weekend Geek. Weekend Geek. Woo-hoo. So what's in the news this week that I should give a shit about? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know Poop where parts. to categorize this first one, so I kept it real nearby. Okay. Because I certainly don't really give a shit, but maybe someone out there does. Okay. All right. All right. And it is geek news. because it is? This what is something is? We, we missed at Comic-Con, all right? Okay. For Quantum Leap fans. Ooh, count me out. <laughs> I like Quantum Leap. <laughs> I used to. I can dig it. Go on. I like my nostalgia. I used to. Quantum Leap will be back. What? Really? And it will be back on the big screen. They're going to do a movie? At the, quote, a leap of faith, a quantum leap retrospective panel, Scott Bakula shared the big news with 600 fans who attended. Quote, the Six other fans? 600 oh. fans. <laughs> I was like, he shared it with the six fans who attended. Guess what, gang? A <laughs> secret between us. Mr. Bakula, why are you so cool? And in reference to my first question... Why are you so cool? No more Captain Archer questions. Next. <laughs> no, that was the that was the Star Trek convention this weekend. Yeah. Hey. So tell me about this movie. Uh, well, I'll let him say. Quote: The good news is that Don Quantum Leap creator uh, Donald uh, uh, Bell, 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 Bell,
is working on the film script and has a big time Hollywood producer who wants to do it. Oh, it's about time. But Mr. what big I big time Hollywood producer with your cigar and continuing the quote. But what I always thought would happen happened. Now that he's too old for the role, but Dean Stockwell, who played Al, and I will have a part in it somehow. Don didn't say that. Uh, Don did say that he was writing. He told me he was having trouble getting you and Dean out of my head. Unquote. But I know he will do it. So to recap, big screen, Quantum Leap, yes. Scott Bakula as Sam Beckett, no. Scott Bakula as something, yes. Okay, Bakula doesn't age, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, I mean... He's he he's could, perfect for the role, He could easily do it. Yeah, well, I mean... I want to see what happened to him years later. Yeah, that's, he's still leaping around through time, as a co- according to the final episode of the yeah, series. Yeah, final episode, for people who don't know, so, it was in that crazy bar with the guy who may or may not have been God, and he's like... You could always leap wherever you wanted. You could have always left home. And he left, and he never seen it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it says as much at the very end of the, the show. But that doesn't mean he stops aging. He's leaping through time, but his body is still going to age. So I don't so know. Why, why could they not? Now. Yeah, why could they not have him still be Sam Beckett is my, uh, maybe is my question. Maybe he do it. Well, well they're obviously probably, he does. Well, they're he's... probably going to have him leap into a bunch of hot ladies, and it becomes a Rob Schneider thing where you can't have a 50-year-old the hot chick in, in drag walking around all, Ooh, I'm a lady. And one of the ladies has pee-pee farts. Is exactly. That... <laughs> That's the thing. He's walking around, and all of a sudden, the front of his dress goes, whoop. And he's like, oh. You have to excuse me. My plumbing's all messed up, and I fart through my penis. <laughs> I think he's been watching oh, that boy. commercial too often on TV with the the people made out of plumbing. Uh, I'll tell you what commercial I've been watching. Oh no, Fushigi. What Fushigi? Have you seen it, Barry? What? Fushigi. <laughs> Seen it? What's a fushigi? It's a fucking ball. Oh, it's, it's just a ball. It's that, it's that little uh, David Bowie from Labyrinth Ball, right? Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. And the people they have in the commercial doing this stupid ball thing—they're professionals. And it's still stupid looking. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's look, he has a ball in his hand. And then they say, look how easy it is. You can do tricks too. And it's someone just moving a ball around. <laughs> what <laughs> the f? It's the dumbest thing. If you haven't seen it. Fushigi, you need to see that thing. Fushigi! You need to Google see it. it. Fushigi. Don't you know, buy it. Just I will Google tell it. you, since we're on the subject of commercials, the commercial that I have actually seen a couple of times now and can't get enough of is the Jackass 3D. Oh, I, saw, I, I just saw that, the commercial yesterday so for the first time. I was dying. I it looks so it. ridiculous. I love that. Se- that second one, I lost my mind. It I really enjoy funny. those movies. I laughed so hard They're during that second pleasure. movie. I had a big soda sitting next to me with my wife. I knocked my soda on the floor. Full soda. Oh. I lost my mind. The give me five sequence blows yeah. me away. Yeah. Yeah. The commercial awesome. I've been watching and I love, and I can't get enough of it. It's in my head every morning when I wake up is the hamsters and the Kia Soul. Oh, get with this. oh that's oh, great. The Black that. Sheep track. You can get yeah. with this so you can get with that. I love that commercial. I'd watch that show if it was about hamsters. <laughs> Gangster hamsters. I uh, hamsters. downloaded the video for Black Sheep, the original song for that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crap. <laughs> Come on. No. Mr. Long and Drez were doing what they could with what they had. Yeah, yeah. Drez is still out there doing some rap. He's I good. I can't believe you know names. Drez is a good MC. 
You can't believe that Paul knows their name. Oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> I used to be into hip-hop. I know. That's why I, I said. I'm there surprised. was a time when I was really into it, and then I fell off because it got... You know what, what happened? DOS effects happened. When DOS effects came out, that is when I decided that was not the genre for me to be interested this. in anymore. Okay. You can, okay. Get with that. You can mark you it right there. It's like 93. You can pee out of your... Marked. 93, hip-hop and me split ways. Did you? Yep. It was pretty good then, though. It was great. Kwame Boy Genius, Slick Rick... Third base, <laughs> nothing. Whatever. Tweet. Yeah, the rest. The rest of us are just going. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sure. Hip hop was great. It was Cricket. fun. Hey, wait a minute. You down didn't with you OPP? A, didn't you grow up on a farm or something? I, yeah, I grew up in a farm, a hip hop farm, <laughs> where we raised beets. Milk the What's cow. Up? Milk <laughs> the cow. What's up? Beets. It was a beet farm. Fat 808 beats. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Beats like Dwight Schrute. But that sounds beats. quite like a cow. Giving milk, milk making, milky milk making. <laughs> Nothing quite sounds like you doing that particular rap. Yeah. That's a great, I'm, thank I hate you. rap. I can tell. A lot. I like, bet you really your hate passion ninja, showing ninja through there. rap. Oh, ninja like rap? Good. That was great. <laughs> thank you, Bill. Go what turtles, go turtles, go. Quickly, before this devolves into yeah. stupidity. I will make you into turtle soup. Before, yeah, all right. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. Fushigi. Fushigi. <laughs> That's what the Shredder says now. Fushigi. <laughs> Every says, time he shows up. Fushigi. Turtles. Fushigi. The cow says, Shredder says, Fushigi. <laughs> <laughs> they say cowbunga. Mattingly says, I'm making fart noises out of my people. <laughs> Not just noise, actual fart. James Badler. <laughs> Who yeah. gave us a lot of nightmares when she ate rats as Mothership Commander Diana during oh, the 1980s yeah. run of V. Yeah. Yes. Will return as the mother of Anna. Yes! Really? Yes! Awesome! According to TV Guide's William Keck, as soon as he heard that the character of Anna's mother would be introduced in V's November 2nd season premiere, he begged executive producer Ro- Scott Rosenbaum for Badler to return to the role, and Rosenbaum listened. Quote, we're happy, Keck, we're happy, Keck is happy, Badler is happy, and Bakarin and Laura Vandervoot are also happy. I am so happy. I'm also very happy that Vandervoot is happy. But one person who won't be happy is the character of Diana, because when V returns, we will learn that Anna is keeping her mother... Oh, I'm not going to spoil anything. If you want to know the rest, you can look it up yourself. Good, don't spoil it. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? It's yeah. Diana. Don't awesome. spoil the new V. <laughs> oh, are we doing we this go. now? It's the worst fucking show on Shut television. Up. Shut your whore mouth. That show is garbage. That mouth you have that's a whore? Shut it. Oh, boy. Oh, oh here we no, go. I will talk for days okay, about... Okay, there are certain things about the show that are not great, particularly the CG. Other than that, the show is entertaining. No. Entertaining. It's not. It's stupid. It's, it's stupid. Lowest common denominator. This to from garbage. you who watches Evangelion. Yeah, very. That's have, brilliant. You not, have you not figured out by now that Paul hates stuff that is good? Oh boy. And loves stuff that is bad. No, that's not true. Evangelion. Somewhere in an alternate universe, there's a Paul with a goatee that likes things he should. You, you, any day of the week, any day of the week, you hold up a thing, a, a poll about Evangelion versus V. Evangelion. I've never seen you in a mirror, have I? I what? bet if in a mirror. If I look at you through a mirror, you have a goatee. Man, if mere me likes V, mere me can eat a bowl of dicks. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait just a minute. Hold the phone. Stop the presses. I just realized something. Most of the time where I've ever seen Paul in a mirror for real has been when he's putting on his Klingon outfit. When I was putting on my Ferengi outfit. And what's yep. he got in his Klingon outfit? 
a goatee. Yes, I do. You are the evil Paul. Voha is the evil Paul. Except in this universe, when you have the the opposite thing, the other opposite is really stupid. And this is the stupid you... universe. You know. He is good. I no. can't believe you. It's a terrible show. Oh, Vandervoort. Whatever, dude. Vandervoort. Dude. Dude. Give her, a, give her a wet paper sack and see if she can try and act her way out of it. Not <laughs> happening. Not happening. That show makes me sad. You make me sad. The millions of dollars that are being thrown away on that Thrown piece of away? Crap. Yes. I watch every bit of those ads. Eat it up. Because they deserve it. Eat it up. Garbage. Funny thing is he's not even seen like one full episode. I have. I watched the premiere and I watched the first three episodes all the way through. Seriously? With the you motorcycle parking it you and the mother the saying, hey... Son, I, here, there you are. That's that, what drove my. That's, that's what drove me that's nuts. That's it. Watch the second episode. I saw the second episode. I've seen a bunch of the episodes, dude. It doesn't get any better. Even has Alan Tudyk in it, and I hate it. I love Alan Tudyk. Yeah. It's terrible. Terrible hey, show. Hey, hey, you know that Star Wars TV show that we talked about before? Never going to yeah. happen. I remember that. Yeah, Lucas has said the series he's been working on for at least five years won't be happening anytime soon. Yeah. Thank God. The series was Just meant to be, well. depending on who you listen to, either 100 episodes set between Star Wars Episode 3 and Episode 4, or a massive arc of somewhere around four episodes, 400 episodes focused on non-Jedi or Sith characters. That's not what I heard. But during a special reception held as part of the digital screamings of the Empire Strike Back at uh, Chicago's Field Museum a couple months back, Lucas spoke to 102 people who paid $200 apiece for the privilege and let them know it was unlikely they'd see any of those episodes soon, quoting, The live-action TV show is kind of on hold because we have scripts. We don't know how to do them because they literally are Star Wars. Only we're going to have to try to do them at a tenth of the cost, and... It's a huge challenge. A lot bigger than what we thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's costly to throw a bunch of CG at the screen and no fucking story, George. <laughs> it is very expensive. You know, it, well, it is. Apparently, it costs money to put that V garbage together. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm telling you. I'd rather have Vandervoort in that couch than you. You know, I, I, I do find it amusing. Like Shows like Sanctuary that have virtual sets and virtual ex- extended sets are able to do so well with their storytelling on such a minimal budget, yet Lucas has ideas for a live-action Star Wars TV series and thinks he can't do them because they're too expensive. You know what? Lucas owns a goddamn studio. Yeah. So screw you, George. He can do it. He just doesn't want to do it is what it comes down to. He doesn't want to do it because he's greedy. He needs to buy more flannel shirts. Well, he just, he has the touch of death. (laughs) Everything he does now is garbage. Maybe he realizes that if you throw enough right. CG at it, people won't realize it sucks well, until it's too right, late right, and they've already what, bought the That's what's DVDs. working with the new cartoon. Gentlemen, I want you to hold those thoughts there, the, the greedy and the touch of death and so on. Uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett figured they could change the world by convincing the wealthiest people in the U.S. to donate most of their fortunes to charity. All right, One of those 38 other billionaires who said, sign me up, was George Lucas. Lucas, along with Barry Diller, Ted Turner, and others, signed the Giving Pledge, which, quote, an effort to invite the wealthiest individuals and families in America to commit to giving the majority of their wealth to the philanthropic causes and charitable organizations of their choice, either during their lifetimes or after their death. In an open letter, Lucas wrote, As long as I have the resources at my disposal, I will seek to raise the bar for future generations of students of all ages. I'm dedicating the majority of my wealth to improving education. It is the key to the survival of the human race. 
We have a plan for our collective future, and the first step begins with the social, emotional, and intellectual tools we provide to our children. As humans, our greatest tool for survival is our ability to think and to adapt. As educators, storytellers, and communicators, our responsibility is to continue to do so. Let me stop you right there. Okay, scenario. Let's say I'm George Lucas. Now, as George Lucas, I have one kajillion dollars. A kajillion is not as big as a holy kablubblubblillion, but it's bigger than a buffgablillion. Duly noted. Okay, it's a lot of goddamn money. Now, you know, if he donates the majority of it, if he donates 70% of his kajillion dollars, you know what that leaves him with? 30 bavillion dollars. Okay, he's still got enough. So at some point, money is academic. <laughs> but he doesn't have to do that. You know what no, he, doesn't he doesn't have, have a monopoly do on? <clears throat> IQ. He does not do that, and I think it's very good of him. No. This no, from the big Star Wars fan. Dude, I'm a Star Wars fiend. You know, we're both Star Wars fiends. Hell yeah, you see my plays? I got my Stormtrooper. I just got my... Empire's so great. It's wonderful game. stuff. I, th- I say that's great. I have no problem with him being f- philanthropic. But he needs to just let other people handle the properties at yes. this point. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Actually, for him, it's never really been about the money, though. It's it's the control. Yeah, he, it's true. He, he has wanted to control, control everything. Artistic control is what he wants. Yep. I mean, the, the scene that sticks out the most in my mind is him telling Frank Oz how to perform as Yoda. It's like, wait a minute, the guy's been doing it for how long? And he's a really, really, really talented voice actor. So, as well as, you know, puppet tier. So. Luke is telling him how to perform a character that he created, basically. And yet he couldn't rein in Ahmed Best. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't have spared five minutes to maybe pull that performance back a bit. Tone that down just a hint. Like, Uh, uh, You know what? Let's try it not so slavey. Let's try it a little less... uh, A little less slavey this time. (laughs) What do you say? Can you take some of the slave out of it? The horrible, stereotypical slave out of it. Yeah. Well, with the first Green Lantern just wrapped, Warner Brothers has already hired a screenwriter for the sequel. Michael Goldenberg, who worked on Contact, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and the first Green Lantern, he got the job. Wow. So, uh, during Comic-Con, Green Lantern comics writer Jeff Johns says that he thought of the first film as the opening chapter in a trilogy, and rumors have already started that... uh, the uh, second and third films are firmly planned, possibly even to be shot back-to-back, with production beginning just before the first film is released. Let us pray. <laughs> Let us pray, oh gods of comic book um, to movie making. Um, <laughs> let us pray that it does not... Let us, let, us, let us hope to God that it does not end up like Spider-Man 3, in that it is a musical with the dance <laughs> number. I do not want to see... Green Lantern and all the rest of the Green Lantern Corps doing a rendition of like Bye Bye Birdie. I do not want to see them on Broadway. I do <laughs> ooh, not want ooh, to see them. Ooh, I've yeah. got it. The Guardians could do a recreation of the opening scene in Wizard of Oz. We represent the lollipop kid. No? No. Giving them ideas. <laughs> They'll run with these ideas. You've seen Spider Man 3. And I only thank you. Thank you, movie gods, for not allowing me to buy that, and instead allowing me to get it for a few bucks from the Mexicans at the tire place who recorded it with their handicaps. Yes. 
Okay. Yay. I'm not kidding. I know it's awful. Not. <sighs> Matthew Vaughn. Moving on to him. <laughs> Matthew Vaughn's only directed three films so far. Layer Cake, Stardust, and Kick-Ass. Three good films. Yeah. And they alone have made him a named filmmaker. Recently, the director spoke on the current state of superhero films. The L.A. Times scored the interview. In it, Vaughn admits that he took X-Men first class because it may have been his last chance to helm a big-budget superhero film, Mm -hmm. something he's been keen to do for some long time. Quote, I think we've kind of crossed the Rubicon with superhero films. They've been mined to death, and in some cases, the quality control is not what it's supposed to be. People are just going to get bored of it. I think the opportunity... uh, Opportunity to do one is only going to be there two or three more times. Then the genre is going to be dead for a while because the audience has just been pummeled too much. It is a crowded room. It's too crowded. It's becoming a genre. So it's okay. Becoming. It's truly a genre. Yeah, it's a total genre in and of itself. So I don't say it's too crowded. Do you, I think that they need to start doing some of like the, the black dogs or the vertigo stuff, you know? Do you think that the uh, that we are reaching a point of fatigue? Um, I think we're reaching a point of fatigue in the same types of superhero films. Uh, what do you mean by same types? Origin films? or uh, Origin and just superhero superheroes. There's superheroes. For comics, there's superhero comics. Okay. And then there's like the gritty horror, real-life vertigo titles, Walking Dead, Preacher, that type of thing. Preacher's got superpowers and stuff, but it's not a superhero comic. Um so you're saying it's still mind comics, just not superheroes. I think he's talking about superheroes in general. Yeah, okay, well, superheroes, yeah, I agree. But if it's not superheroes, some people don't understand that that's, you know, it could be comics, but not superheroes. Right. But, uh, but, but you, so you agree with him that uh, fatigue is setting in on superhero movies? I believe so. How about you, Paul? What do you think? I just think someone with a ton of money and a good head on their shoulders and links to a really good director needs to get hold of the Lunar Brothers properties and make them films. I yesterday. agree. Again, those, those aren't are, superhero that's properties. That's a good point. No, but they are. Ultra, they are. girls. Uh, Ultra is about ultras, superheroes, totally but it's more about the drama. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. So let's, let's you know, take it. You, you, think, you think it's already been done. It hasn't. Girls is a horror movie. Right. Yeah. And a fantastic one. And I just finished reading The Last Trade of the Sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And that's not really a superhero either, even though it's, it's but it magical. Is. It's, it's but it's magical and legendary and just... Yeah. It's a story. It's, not it's a, a good story. story. Well, that's what I mean. Like, get a hold, like you're saying, Barry, get a hold of people who whose work is unique and interesting enough to actually pay attention to. That's where the money needs to find it. I I guess, you know, but you know what? I don't know how commercial those properties could be. Well, think, that's a fine point. How about you, how about you, Jeff? I, I think what it think? comes down to the, that, you know, movies have tried to create audiences for themselves for a while. I stole that quote from that book that you yeah, gave me to read. Fine... Um, but, but it's true. You know, they create audiences. And I think the problem that they've had is they're trying to create an audience for comic book properties for decades now that there already is a built-in audience for. But they're trying to make it appealing to the everyman, the, pe- the people that aren't familiar with the Iron Mans and the Punishers and the Captain Americas. They're trying to make these very broad, appealing movies, which I just I feel is incredibly difficult to do. I mean, I, I was just talking about this last night with the Punisher. You know, that is You not- know the Punisher? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that the Punisher is not 
a likable character for the average person. Did you tell him that? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Yet another point of mine cut off by Paul's witticisms. Yo, keep continue, please. I no, but no, I'm just saying that... Uh, you know, the Punisher is a great character. He's a very dynamic character in the books, and you know, yeah. but he's a brutal, punishing juggernaut. Juggernaut. Of a man. Yeah. I liked Warzone. And, you know, yeah, I, I love the comic books. I mean, Todd even more so than I, but he's not a likable character. He's not a character that you're going to put a movie out on that, you know, this 18 year old that's never read the comics is going to go see. Yeah. And those are the people that they're trying to attract to movies. So I think movies in general suffer because they're trying to make these broad appealing versions of films that they don't need to. Are you There's saying a lot in a roundabout coming... way that art is suffering because it's dependent on money? No, I'm saying... Because <laughs> I agree, sir. But... Well, yes, but that's not my point. My point is that they don't seem to understand they already have a large audience for these films. Yeah. That people, if they're done well, well, actually, even if they're not done well, we're going to go see them, and then we'll either rip them new one or we'll praise them. Well, but they're trying to draw people in, and they're watering down these properties to get more people to go see them instead of just saying, let's do the film, let's do it right, let's get it in the theaters... Let the people that are going to like this come in, and maybe they'll take some people but to see it. The question them. stands is that audience big enough? Uh, my two examples being uh, Watchmen and Kick Ass. Uh, both excellent films sure. in their own right. I mean, Watchmen, arguable from one side yeah. or the other. Kick Ass was done very well, very true to the comic. But, and I admit the comic base turned out for that film, but the rest of America really didn't. It, well,. Kind of made its money back, but no more. Those are two properties that I think have a very specific audience. But uh, so Watchmen, do comic books in general. Well, but but like I'm talking like your your more known comic books, your more okay. known comic book characters are going to have a broader appeal with comic book nerds than Watchmen. Because I've had equally as many people that have read the Watchmen tell me that they didn't like that comic book, that it wasn't one of their favorites. So, okay. And, That's true. And, and, and they went and saw the movie, shit. and they said, yeah, it's exactly like the comic book, so I didn't like it. Or people that did love the comic book went and saw it and said, it's a very literal interpretation, I didn't like it. And equally as many would say, yeah, I think it's a very literal interpretation of the movie, and I did like it. So, I, Watchmen is a bad example, I think. Well, they're both R-rated, and, yeah, and but, so it doesn't get, bring in yeah, the exactly. tween crowd. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't bring in anybody under the age of 18. Um Kick-Ass is, you know, quite frankly, a lesser-known comic property. Right. So, I mean, you, you take, you know, say the audience that's at Comic-Con, even that large of a group, I'd say maybe 25, 30% of them knew Kick-Ass probably before the movie hit the I don't the know, theater. Comic-Con, I think that percentage is much higher. Yeah. You, you think it's higher? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. Certainly. I mean, there were p- still people there that didn't know... What's that character? Because we interviewed a guy in a kick-ass costume, and it was a really good recreation of it. But, you know, a lot of people were taking pictures of him, and I hear people say, what character was that? Well, I don't know. Well, how about you at home? So, what do you think? Write yeah. to us in the comments section and, uh, and tell us what you think. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Or even better, just put it right under the uh, cast line itself. Yeah, there you go. That way we can have a back and forth. <clears throat> Engrave it onto a brick and mail it to us. Yeah, yeah. Well, heave a it through the window. Brick made of gold. MPP. Behold the Gamerator!
The Game uh, It's one of those home arcade cabinets that you see now and then. Okay. It has 85 classic arcade games on it, which oh, isn't man. a ton, but also comes with a Game Tap subscription, so you can play all those games as well. It oh. has joysticks and buttons and a trackball and yada yada yada. Trackball, so, you don't often get that. Yeah, but why should you be excited about the Game Raider why? when these sorts of things have been available for a while? Because it's also a kegerator. What? This arcade <laughs> cabinet also houses, quote, a refrigerated interior capable of holding a pony keg of domestic beer. A nice. pony keg? Which hooks, well, it's a cabinet because it only yeah. holds so much. Right. And the tap is on the very front of the cabinet. Nice. Oh, really? Yes. So you can just, in between games, pull yourself a cold one. No. That's it's very t- cool. It's too bad you can't connect that tap to uh, when you play uh, Tapper or Root Beer Tapper. Maybe you so, can. We don't you, know. Yeah, maybe it does it's have possible. control function. So you can literally pour yourself a beer could while you, your character is pouring beer. Yeah, it yeah, could be one of the 85. Your beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw the beer. Not you, not for you, Paul? <laughs> no? No. Clearly this is just game tap, finding a new way to advertise. Uh, no. That's what it is. You know what? You have to forgive Mr. Mattingly. He doesn't really drink. I so, don't. So. Also, I wouldn't want my booze in my arcade cabinet. <laughs> It's yeah, a, I gotta a, agree. I like my booze separate. Well, it's in a refrigerated its own thing there. Not By the way, good. People, if you want to see the funniest thing, give Paul some whiskey. <laughs> I gave him the good stuff. I gave him a Glenfiddich 15 year just to taste it. He's like, I'll try that. I was so shocked. I'm like, okay, here you go. Try it. I told him all about the notes that you experienced from the tip of your tongue down <laughs> I to when it hits the some back. Notes. And he says, Bleh! <laughs> like I killed the guy. <laughs> I don't like alcohol. The entire Gross. country of Scotland was offended. Well, I just don't like alcohol, home slice. God. I like fruity drinks, and when I taste the alcohol in it, it ruins it for me. Wang. You like wang. <laughs> no, just no alcohol. In a message via his Twitter account, Mark Millar, the guy who did write Kick-Ash, announced that Tony Scott would be taking director's chair for feature film adaptation of he and Stephen McNiven's graphic novel Nemesis for 20th Century Fox. Never read it. Uh, Miller's nemesis is not like the superhero stories you're used to. It follows Matt Anderson, a genius and billionaire who also happens to be one of the world's greatest fighters. Anderson uses his many resources to set off on a quest for revenge against those who murdered his parents, parents who just so happen also to be supervillains. This makes Anderson something of a villain as well, hunting down cops left and right on his way of facing off against the police chief responsible for the capture of his parents. So uh, it, this is so a dark Joker thing you were seeing he's just for expanding like a year. On, he's expanding on Wanted. It's a it's kind yeah, of a kind darker. It's a it's a version of he wrote Wanted, it's a what right? if kind of on Batman basically is what it is. Yeah, well, yeah but he wrote Wanted, right? Yeah, he did. So it's the same. That's the same. It's idea kind of the basic wanted. idea. He, he his his basic explanation when he wrote the comic was what if Batman had become the Joker yeah. instead? Yeah, okay. exactly. Great. If he'd become a he. It, Taking it to the sense of you know Just becoming as a villain long as it doesn't instead of a hero. A movie starring Morgan Freeman and. Uh, but hey, Tony Scott, come on, that's some cred. That's a pretty incredible. Morgan stuff. Freeman's in the ba- the current Batman movies. What's wrong with Morgan? Well, Freeman? they sure fucked. Um, yeah, There's nothing wrong with Morgan Freeman. There's wanted a lot wrong with as that a movie, so. Movie the I'm film on its own would have been fine. I think the problem lie lays. Wanted. Yeah, wanted. Oh, it's terrible. No, but I'm listen. Hear me out. I think the film in and of itself is a fine film. And it's a good, where? fun action flick. Where does the, the problem, problem is that they associated it with the comic book Wanted, and it is absolutely nothing 
like the comic. I want it. It is literally a completely separate story. It's like they slap. It's you know uh, a friend of mine that's a film a, a film major as well. We were talking about this one day. It's like they took a film that they had sitting on the shelf and said, "Hmm, dust, dust." Uh, what comic book properties do we own right now? Oh, we have this film. We have this comic property called Wanted. This script is now stamp Wanted. Hmm. That's literally how we felt it was. Because if you watch it and 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 completely erase from your mind the fact that this is associated with the the comic book Wanted, it's an enjoyable film. You're right. I I because I enjoyed the film having not read the comic book yeah. and it wasn't until I got home and Todd goes that doesn't sound anything like the comic here hands me the comic and I thumb through it and I'm like wow this is absolutely nothing, nothing like the film like the comic yeah so I think in my opinion that is what hurt it because yeah. yeah. if they had named it something completely different I think it would have done fine I think if they called it the terrible movie nobody would have seen it <laughs> no, so I guess it they had to you know change the title around but uh, it was a terrible movie. No, it wasn't. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, do hey. You, do you like fighting games? Yeah. Yay. Yeah, I don't play with you. Do you, get, do you get annoyed when all of your, your, your fighting and your strategy just falls prey to some random button masher? Yes. yes. You. Well. <coughs> Torgo. You can find your help. Okay. No one ever reached professional level street fighter superiority without tutelage of their forefathers. Except, well, the first people who played. But... Regardless, you can reach the upper echelon of Street Fighter 4 players by signing up for a few lessons being offered by pros such as Justin Wong mm-hmm. and Ryan Gutex Gutierrez. Lessons? Of course, these lessons come at a price ranging from $40 to $50 for one hour of help and are delivered over Xbox Live and PSN. If those prices sound reasonable, you can find out more info at eventhubs.com. So yes, That's you can a good deal. you can be trained by the best in the game. I'd spend I'd spend fifty bucks to talk with Justin and Gutex for a little while. Like, but you know, go on go on their websites. There's a lot of info out there already. There is, <laughs> yeah. Gutex runs a pretty good site. But man, he, 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 yeah. why would you pay fifty bucks an hour to get trained for someone over Xbox? Get trained live. That way, you could they could show you what you're doing well, right, do there. right there. Right there, it'll be on yeah, live. Yeah, you, you would be playing it. against. You essentially are paying for an hour of time, a direct connection over your Xbox with them, and you talk to them while you play, and they can see how you play currently and adjust your form. Yeah, if it's worth it, I guess. I mean, so, play a lot. If nothing else, you can say you played and were taught by the best. Exactly. That's all right, then. I think that's great. I, anytime gamers can make money actually doing what gamers do, I'm all for it. Rather what game than could you to, teach over Xbox? I could teach... Let me think. Let me think. What games could I Nothing, teach? Nothing. No, 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 no. No, no, this is a fine question for everybody, all right? I'll let you think on it for a little bit, Paul. Okay, what game But what about I you, teach? Barry? What could oh, you I, teach? I, I wasn't prepared to answer it myself. Okay, well, you know, I'll go ahead. I could teach Adventure for the 2600. <laughs> I could teach it well. <laughs> on, on all three levels. All three levels. You know what game I could I was pretty darn good at? What's that? That X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, there you I, go. I played through that twice. I know a lot about that. I found all the secrets myself. I felt pretty proud about that, but I mean, see, that's See, see, that's respectable. Uh, yeah, but Jeff, sorta. Jeff, what, uh, you know, what game I, could you teach? I don't think I could teach anything because I'm, you know, I'm not as good as the other people I seem to be playing against every time if I go Paul online, which is why I don't can go online one. anymore. Is that why? That's the main reason why. <laughs> How about you, Barry? You got one yet? 
I like the solo stuff. I'm gonna have to say it would be some coin op love. Uh, All right. I, I'm trying to think. Whatever it is that I would have to teach, it would have to be something in the coin op realm. It would yeah. have to be. You know, that's where I spent most of my time. I don't know what though. If I were to modernize it, I could teach the Indiana Jones pinball game. Yep. <laughs> there, there you go. Which one? The, the last one? The new the, one. Yeah, the Let's one keep it the, up to date. With the Ark of the Covenant that yeah. opens up with all the balls? Yeah, with eight, with eight ball, multi-ball. That, yeah. That's pretty insane. And, and folks, he is actually pretty good at it. Galaga. There you can see. That's a fine one, actually. You can, Galaga. You can actually find something that needs that. I school your ass on some Galaga. I thought, I how about that pinball game? You could, that I no, no, because there's guys who are way better house. than me at that pinball game. You can teach Funhouse? Funhouse? Fun yeah. I can pretty consistently get Rudy to call me a big sausage every game. You are a big sausage. Stop messing with the clock! Yep. I thought we were pals. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier this year, 4chan founder Christopher Poole, a.k.a. Moot, was called to testify in the trial of David Cornell, a uh, 4chan user who was ultimately convicted of computer fraud and obstruction of justice for his role in, quote, hacking into Sarah Palin's email account and leaking screenshots during the 2008 election. Note that this hack consisted of, quote, resetting Palin's password using her birth date, zip code, and information about where she met her spouse, the security question on her Yahoo account, which was answered... uh, with Silla High, by a simple Google search. Not exactly the height of state security. Anyway, during the trial, Moot was asked by Assistant U.S. Attorney Mark Krotisky to define some common online and 4chan lingo, including <coughs> troll, rickroll, 404, JPEG, and even slash betard. Y- yes, this is a... What? What does this have to do with this? They were just trying to find out what the what the kids are talking about. Yeah, I know this is a violation of rules one and two, but hey, he was under oath. So, <sighs> okay, of those, what's four oh four? Four oh four. Hello, <laughs> rule violation, rules one and two. Yeah, we, what is it? We really can't. The four chan people will get us. Okay, I don't know what four oh four is. It's because you're a fucking moron. No, I'm just not <laughs> up on the four chan stuff. Yeah, you know, well, again, at, at the risk of. 404 is, is the error that comes are. up when you come, hit to a web page that isn't there anymore. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that's fine. That's, right. that's, right. that's, that's, that? should, that's an obvious that, That's That's a way of explaining that. All right, good. You should get your ass to 4chan right now. I have enough down. viruses on my computer 4chan Thank you very is virus-free. Much. 4chan right. is the asshole, is the festering, gangrenous asshole of the universe <laughs> and of all the internet. <laughs> and it is a wonderful, beautiful place where all good things spring forth. You should go there. (laughs) Billy Mitchell, the flamboyant hot sauce selling gamer of the gaming world, has loved to rag on. The gaming world has loved to rag on since the 2007 movie King of Kong. The mullet. The movie portrayed him as the arrogant, ruthless competitor. Uh, Frustrated his detractors once more. Though he was dethroned as the Donkey Kong World holder earlier this year, he's officially retaken his crown. Oh, no. And that's not all. While he was at it, Mitchell was also has also set the world record for Donkey Kong Jr. His scores were 1,062,800 for Donkey Kong, oh. 1,270,900 for Donkey Kong Jr. God. Okay, you know what? The man's good. He's, he's good. good. He's really good. He's just why is he got to be a douche? <laughs> Cuz he's good. Cuz he knows he's good. He knows he's good. You don't have to tell him. He knows. He knows. <laughs> Paul, this this story's for you. Okay, here All we go. go. 
British sewage treatment company oh, Wessex Water I'm here already <laughs> unveiled a car that runs on poop. Yes. Oh. The new BioBug is a Volkswagen Beetle powered by methane biogas generated from fermented human waste. Wow. And according to the Bristol-based company, the Fartmobile can travel 10,000 miles <laughs> annually on waste collected from 70 households. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We don't even need gas stations. We already have McDonald's. <laughs> and we can just hook Paul's ass right up to it after he eats a Big Mac. And he can run for a hundred miles. I don't Big Macs. Too much fun. I'm trying to remember, but like when I first got my driver's license, somebody had, somebody had a uh, a car that just it had a bad catalytic converter or something. It always stunk, and we called it the fartmobile. <laughs> There's well, something wrong with one. my Yaris right now. There's something wrong with your. When I turn on my air track? conditioner, it smells like pee. I think <laughs> an animal peed in my car or something. That's, That's not the first time I've smelled that from condensation it. that gets inside there. You need to have uh, your dealer switch out the fil- filter that's in there. I smell that from other ACs. I think, I think it sounds right. It's a common problem. There's, they have a filter that, that runs in talk. there. That, this is car um, talk right now. Don't drive like Basically, when anything gets cold... Sure. It, it, yeah, it filters the stuff. Yeah, my ex-girlfriend had a rat die yeah. in her air so, filter. Do you think... The Mexicans who were fixing it were like, what the F You is can't this? do it yourself. Your dealer I, has to do can it. Can I do that at, like, Jiffy Lube? Do they do those? That's not, that's not the same filter? Your car should still be under warranty, Paul. I know, but, like, like is that, isn't that the same filter? The Jiffy Are we Lube doing filter? this no, on the podcast? No, no, no. Seriously? <laughs> Are we talking about cars? It's a different I'll talk to you about it later right. because I'm going to get a, endless yeah. You're going to get endless I'll, crap I'll from me for talking about cars. I'll take it to the shop. I hate cars. They take me away from my video games. Just started stinking. And finally, dog owner Jerry Duthet had a seriously Duthet. infected big toe and was ignoring medical treatment. What? Earlier this week, he and his wife went out to celebrate her new status as an American citizen. Duthet had too much to drink. He came home and passed out in bed. He woke to find blood-stained sheets because his dog, Kiko, had eaten his infected toe. Ew! Oh, God! That's so gross! It turns out the dog had... Had the dog not eaten the bad toe, the infection may have killed Duthet. Still, uh. ugh. <laughs> my dog saved my life by eating my toe. Ugh. That's so gross. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm done with my Oh, that's so much fun. Oh, ah. That's a great story. That'll wake you up. Rody. Okay, I got All right, so that leaves us the big list. Big list. Big, big list. list. Yay. Mm-hmm. This okay. This one, it's an odd list. All but, right, but it's so odd. I, ha- I could not ignore it. Bring it. Pop culture's ten most evil trees. Evil trees. Evil trees. Oh, I got a bunch. I, I got a couple. All right, by, off the An- bat. by Andy Hughes. All right, you know, go ahead, make some predictions. Jim. All right, uh, that'd be Charlie Brown's kite eating tree. Okay, well, yeah, that's got to be up there. That was the one I was gonna say. Uh, I'd say the ants. Okay, uh, I'd sure. say oh, the ants weren't evil. Well, that's one man's perspective. Um, there's uh, <laughs> that's many man's perspective. <laughs> so I'd say also the trees in Mortal Kombat Two Forest. Oh, okay, evil, yeah, co- evil Mortal Kombat yeah. trees. I'd say the trees from The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say okay, that's way too many trees. I, I would say one. elms. Any other any other elms? Elms. Like you just don't like elms because that street, a, a nightmare on Elm street. street. Yeah. Any other tree calls, gentlemen? No. no. All right. Go to the list. This goes. All right. Here we go. Number ten, biobabs. Huh? Huh? Biobabs. Biobabs, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong. But it's from the Little Prince. 
Okay. So there you go. Okay, baobabs are real trees with thick trunks and potentially nutritious fruit. Some of the larger specimens have had their trunks hollowed out to create buildings, and one such structure served as Rafiki's house in The Lion King. All right? So okay. that's what they are. They don't seem to have any particular sentience and therefore no real potential for malice. Well, tell that to Le Petit Prince. In case you don't remember, French 301, the little prince lives on a tiny planet, spends his time protecting one measly rose from these pesky things. And they're also volcanoes, but their trees are somehow more menacing. In the story, baobabs are simply a nuisance, but in the cringeworthy opera adaptation, they take it up a notch by wiggling around and threatening to, quote, stick their roots right in you. Ew. Yeah. What the... Baobabs. Okay. Never heard of it. Ooh, I would have said the tree from uh, Poltergeist. That's a good one. That's a good one. At number nine, dark forest trees from the game show Legends of the Hidden Temple. Huh? Do you know this one? The Nickelodeon I one where kids run through the temple? Show. Huh? Huh? They got that head from... Uh, Adventure Express. Yeah, they. <laughs> Welcome to the end of Adventure Express and the beginning of Adventures in the Hidden Temple. <laughs> huh? These trees may not have been alive per se. Sometimes they were possessed by evil spirits. Sometimes they were just temple guards hiding in the trees. But they still count as they scared the bejesus out of prepudescent Nickelodeon viewers. The Shrine of the Silver Monkey may be the most fondly remembered single temple chamber. But far more suspenseful was the dark forest in which contestants had to stick their hands into random tree trunks to search for the key. All of the rooms, trees in this room were creepy, but only one was inhabited by a temple guard. Pick the wrong tree and would snap up its stiff arms around the kid at a flash. A beautiful combination of Dagobah, child abduction, and Russian roulette. <laughs> Never and heard of it. If you picked the wrong tree, you, you were a sap. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that one. We needed one today, right? One grower. That's one. Why couldn't you have said that in Flash Gordon? There's more yeah. coming. Number eight, <laughs> Evil Tree from the Mighty Boosh. Oh, what? yeah. The what? Well, based on the name alone, it'd be hard not to make the list without this guy. Brought to life by the evil green hitcher and ludicrous cockney bellowing, Evil Tree's sole purpose is to keep the Boosh team from reaching the Fountain of Youth. This is one of those Adult Swim cartoons. No, it's not a cartoon. Oh, it isn't? It's a live action Oh, this show. is a live action one, right. Yeah. No wonder I So hate tip, it. when facing evil wood creatures, it's, it's always handy to have a man made of sandpaper on your side. It's not funny, Barry. You're not missing much. It's, I didn't it's, think it's so. from England, so. <laughs> it's funny. Yes, yeah, right. no, their it's food not. and their humor is bland. <laughs> Number seven, Groot. Groot. Groot from the, from the Marvel Universe. Groot. An alien oh. being from the planet X. Whoa. Groot was originally a malevolent tree man intended on enslaving humanity to use them as test subjects. Although not invulnerable, he was almost impossible to completely kill as his body could be regrown from his own twigs and sap. So why he's so far down on the list, uh, well... His villainous career was somewhat short-lived. After being foiled a few times, he started doing stints on various hero teams, including Nick, Hero- Nick Fury's Howling Commandos and the Guardians of the Galaxy. So his, uh, his good guy work is appreciated, but, uh, you know, he also served the other side. I take it this is from the 80s. Yeah, that's pretty, I think they went I think out on a limb, including that one. Number six, Wispy Woods from the Kirby series. Never played that. I, I don't know any. Paul, did you play the Kirby's? I played some, but I don't remember Wispy. Well, I guess I kind of remember Wispy Woods. And, and, and I, the trees in Kirby are creepy. It's not a particularly hard boss. There's nothing overly menacing about it, but look deeper. 
Something about the vacant stare, the innocent expression, that simple face masks a deep anger. This is the tree that only knows life through confrontation, that wishes complete misery on you, both you as a player and a human being. Whether it's a classic one-side-of-the-screen battle, the double onslaught from Kirby Superstar, or the bizarrely impressionistic one from Dreamland 3, this tree ain't right. Don't trust it. Have no sympathy for it. No, 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 no. Even if it does shed a sad tear on defeat. No matter what you do, it won't leave you alone. No. You just, you just got a pocket full, don't you? right. <laughs> Number five, the possessed tree from Poltergeist. Oh, there yeah, it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> is a true evil tree born or made? The tree in the Freeling's yard is just an ordinary old gnarl until the night evil spirits decide to make their appearance. Inhabited by said spirits, it bursts into the house, grabs a kid, and attempts to eat him. Does it have teeth? What exactly happens when you enter a tree's digestive system? Somehow, it doesn't matter. The thing is seriously creepy. It gives you wood. And you, <laughs> and you've got one in your pocket, don't Little you? Little one, yeah. Even though it didn't get much scream time or actually eat anybody, that bulky, dark brown, disturbing mouth is one of those things you can't unsee. It was, just, it was just pining for companionship. No! Oh! All right, this this one's probably the most uh, rare one on there. I may be amazed if you guys seen this. I've seen this, but number four, every Christmas tree on Earth from the short movie <laughs> Treevenge. Yes, what the hell Tree-venge? is Treevenge? Yes. It, it's a, it, they're, it's <laughs> go ahead. It, <laughs> Pine it's, lots, you know, they're going to Christmas tree shopping. It, it starts go, off in uh, the woods. <laughs> all these innocent trees are getting cut cut down by all these mm-hmm. evil woodsmen to be dragged into the town for Christmas trees trees where they are then defiled in many horrible ways, including sexually, and they get their bloody revenge at the end. Oh, they're branching out into violence. (laughs) They come alive. It's branching. Did you see what I said there? You see what I did there? You did. Branching out into violence. Yes, the end is just blood, 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 eyeballs, grossness. It's ridiculous. It is. It's It's like Jack Frost. Production yeah. values, yeah, it but knows not quite as good. It knows Jack what it is. Jack Frost, oh man, classic. Yeah, I love that movie because it's terrible. Yes. Not the Michael Keaton. No, Jack Frost. no, 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 that was terrible too. But my dad is a snowman. Jack Frost. My dead dad is a snow. That's what it should have been called. <clears throat> my dead dad is a snowman. I'd go see that. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Old Man Willow from The Lord of the Rings. Okay. I knew there'd be one of them ints. The Whomping Willow was considered, but that tree isn't evil as much as overzealous and a bit misunderstood. In its own violent way, it's just trying to help. This willow, on the other hand, knows exactly what it's doing, and he doesn't have any real motive for doing so. A classic manipulator. He seduces and lulls his prey to sleep before striking and crushing with his massive roots. The only person who's any good at stomping him is the Brian Blessed-like Tom Bombadil, even if he's fallen victim to him before. Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. The worst character in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hey, if that tree farts, would that be a broken wind in the willows? Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you keep going with that. I'm, I'm actually excited after each one to find out where you're going to go next. <laughs> Number two, Rape Tree, Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. 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 Another example of a tree made evil by outside forces. 
Mm-hmm. Not much to say, uh, except that this is still one of the most disturbing and controversial horror movie scenes ever. Ancient demons inhabit the trees of a forest and then use them to assault and torment poor Cheryl before pi- finally possessing her, too. If you've seen it, you know it belongs here. Great and if you tree. haven't, you're probably that much more comfortable in the woods than the, night the rest of us are. Its bark is worse than its bite. Ah! And number one. The kite-eating tree. Yay, I knew it! Even if you thought Wispy was smug, just check out the smile that appears every time the kite-eating tree gets a new toy to snack on. Unlike other evil trees, there is nothing else to him. He exists solely to deprive a morose child of the meager hope of accomplishing anything in his life. In fact, this tree has no other features or characteristics aside from that big, dumb, soul-destroying mouth. No wonder Charlie no wonder Charlie Brown is in therapy so often. What a dick. Yep. Yes. Yeah, 10 trees. And I'm kind of surprised that the Oz trees aren't in there cuz they really belong. How and the, the Mortal Kombat trees. How is the kite-eating tree more evil than the rape tree? Because yeah. the tree, rape tree was possessed and wasn't beforehand. This is a a conscious tree it's whose a, only purpose is to deprive children of well, the let's joy. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. That tree did not get convicted of rape. It got convicted of aggravated assault. So, you know, let's get it right. What really came out in the courts, that tree, aggravated assault tree. Okay. okay. You call it rape. Un- under the jury. Really? Huh? The jury decided this? Yes. All right. <laughs> it was a hung jury from a uh, hanging tree. God. And that's, that, that's a big That's list. where uh. you went. They went around the world for that one. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> and that is the couch cast for this week. Oh, man. Uh, if you got something to say or some bad tree joke, write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. My We're jokes we're going to wish Richard Odin a speedy recovery. Yes, yes. Richard. Richard, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. We love you, man. Get better. Awesome. Yes, get well. Yes, please. And until next week, I am Master Torque. I am Dr. Vlorg. Fern Evergreen. Ugh, Paul is the root of our problem. And he's ah! Jeff. Jeff got one in. You and made a tree joke. <laughs> tree joke. Tree joke. So tune in next week for more We Can Geek. Bye, folks. Tree joke. Hey! I'm Barry. If I ever find out just what this word can mean, I'll be the smartest.